I'd like to now take us to our scripture reading this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting at verse 7. Hear the word of the Lord. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious Lord, I give you thanks for your word. And God, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us this day. That you would fill us with your spirit in such a way that we would leave here knowing that we have been in your presence. That our hearts and our minds would be open to receive. And that in receiving, we would leave here and not be able to shake your word. Gracious God, I, I pray that you would take these words of mine and that you would turn them from water into wine. Because God, you have said you will use the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And God, I pray that you will do that with these words. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to know if you have taken the time lately to give thanks for what you have. Have you taken some time to recall all that you have and where it has come from? Especially since March, right? Have you been careful to not forget the Lord your God? Here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it, it's only 20 verses, but it can kind of be a lot when you're sitting there listening, so I didn't read the whole thing. But, but in verse 2, it says this, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way through in the wilderness for these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. 
in order to know what was in your heart. I think especially here in our, in our society, in our culture, it is <clears throat> easy to set goals, right, and have objectives. And, and whether it's, it's goals within uh, your job, <clears throat> maybe you have certain goals within your finances, <clears throat> things that you're wanting to do or marks you're hoping to hit, right? There are, <clears throat> there are times when we get very caught up in what we have or what we don't have. But I would say that it is far too seldom that we remember why it is we have what we have. <clears throat> when it comes down to it, in this passage, God is saying, I want a relationship with you. I want you to know that I love you and I will provide for you. And I want to know that when things are good and when things aren't so good, that your heart is still focused on me. That that is still what life is about. God has certainly given us the ability to do and to work and to produce and, it, and it, he even said that it's, it's a way of confirming his covenant with us, that we're able to do these things. <clears throat> but just because we're able to do them, we need to be careful that we remember God and remember what he has done for us. God, after all, is the one who provides do you recall or have you heard the story of Abraham and Isaac back in, in Genesis, back in chapter 22 of Genesis? Um, Isaac was the son of Abraham, and he had been promised to Abraham. Abraham had been told by God that he would have a son, and he would be the father of many nations. But Abraham was old, and he had waited a really long time. And then they had their son Isaac. But one day God said to Abraham, Abraham, take your son Isaac and prepare a sacrifice and give me your son Isaac. Wow. Okay. Any of us who hear that, we're like, mm, let's, let's a little chill up our spine, right? Sacrificing your child? Giving the one that you had waited so long for? That just, that just, that's just not right. But Abraham, in obedience, went and did what God asked. He took all of the supplies. He took his son and two servants, and they, they went to Mount Moriah. They went to the mountain of God. And just before, you know, they were still a little ways away, Isaac told his servants to just stay there and wait for them to return, that they would go and worship their God. And so Abraham went and was obedient in what God asked him to do to the point where he was about to sacrifice his son. And the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, yeah, I'm here. He said, do not do what you are about to. You have been obedient and God 
has provided another sacrifice. And there, right there behind him in the thicket, there was a ram. And there he worshipped God by offering that ram as a sacrifice with his son Isaac standing beside him. And, and Abraham declared that God will provide. It's, it's one of my favorite things to read in Scripture when, when God reveals himself to be a certain way, to have a certain characteristic, a certain trait. And, and here Abraham declares, God is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. God will provide. And he said that day on that mountain that that was the mountain where God will provide. You know, to provide, right? To provide something if you need something. It's just to make it available, right? It's just to, to, to have it present, to, to give something or furnish something, just to lay it out there, to make it available, to allow it to be, to provide something. That's easy enough. To be a provider, that takes on another connotation, though, there, doesn't it? Especially in our culture, a provider um, over the generations, we had a certain way of thinking. Uh, if you said, you know, the person who provides for our home, most of us would say, oh, well, that's always been the husband, right? As, as time has gone on, there may be a, a, a wife, <laughs> a spouse who has been what was called the breadwinner. Maybe it wasn't the man in the relationship. But there is a way of being a provider that, that adds a certain stress to our lives, right? That, that adds a greater responsibility. I'm not just going to provide something for you. I'm going to be the provider. I'm going to be the source. That gets a little closer to what it is for God to be our provider. God, the source, but when Abraham calls the place God will provide, there is something about those words, Jehovah Jireh. It's not just seeing something. It's not just providing. Because that Jireh means see. But you know how when you put words together, the meaning changes a bit, right? So, so it is not just that God sees, but it's that, that he perceives and, and knows and there's an experience that is even understood in that. That when Abraham said, my God is Jehovah Jireh, he wasn't saying, hey, my God gives the goods. No, he was saying, my God is the one who sees and understands and even perceives what it is I need and will make that provision. It's a, it's a deeply personal understanding. Our vision allows us to see, but provision is something that, that is understood. God's provision is something that he understands our need even when we can't see exactly what that is. For those of us who like lists, 
for those of us who like a plan, that is not comfortable. Right? For those of us who like to know what's happening, for those of us who like those goals, check off that, those boxes, we need to be reminded when Jesus says in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they. There is a relationship that our God desires with us. One where we are able to know and recognize that even when we can't see how something will come to be, that God's provision is there if we will walk in obedience. Walking in obedience Oh, there it is. We can't, we can't read this passage and not talk about that a minute. Chapter 8, verse 6 says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And then in, in verse 11, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. We, we have to be careful that we don't forget. Because as God calls us to walk in obedience, those lists of remembering are, can be helpful. right? Because we can get caught up in, in where we are and forget where we've come from what we've come through. So God reminds the people here. He says, remember, let's make a list. <laughs> Remember that I brought you out of Egypt. Remember that I led you through the wilderness. Remember that that place was so dry that just being in that place left you thirsty. Do you remember all of the dangers and, and, the, and the opportunities that, that were around to take you out? Do you remember those venomous snakes? Do you remember those scorpions? Let me remind you that I am the one who brought water out of a rock. Let me remind you that I am the one who provided something for you to eat. It was something that no one had ever seen before, that no one had ever understood before, and yet you were nourished. You were never hungry because of the provision I made for you. I did this, God said, to be able to, to, be able to see if you were humble, and to test your heart. How many of us, if we made a list right now, the things that we have come through or are in the midst of, right? I mean, the things especially that are similar it would sound something like this. COVID. Virtual school. Working from home, not knowing if you would have a job. The death of a loved one. 
getting that positive COVID test. A broken and strained relationship, increased anxiety, increased depression, greater temptations within addiction. Wondering how will these bills be paid? What will we eat this week? I know your list has other things on it. I know that your list contains more than what I've just said. But in a list like this, where we are, are asked to remember what God has brought us through or where we find ourselves today. We need to ask ourselves, what is God seeing in us in this season? How has this season given us opportunities to show God that we are humble and to test us in order to know our hearts. Because remember, it's a relationship that God wants with us. It's not that God wants to see how we'll do by ourselves in these situations. No, God God desires that we would have this relationship with him. And it is because of God that we have this word, this word called the Bible. It is through God that we understand his love through Jesus Christ. And, and so we not only have his, his promises through the Old Testament, but we have witness to his faithfulness and his goodness through the New Testament. And Jesus, Jesus tells us that in Mark what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Because that's what this world wants. This world wants our soul. But Jesus said, it's not about what you have. It's about who you are and who has you. In Romans, Paul said that in all things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just survivors. We're not surviving this. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, Paul said, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's a promise we can hold on to. Paul also said in Philippians chapter 3, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That is our hope. 
Those are the reminders of who we are. We are the people of God, loved by God. He calls us into obedience to walk with him in in accordance with his decrees, and he is going to provide not what we can see, but the thing that we needed even though we didn't even understand the fullness of that provision. So how have you shown your faithfulness to God in this time? I can say that I've seen your faithfulness to your church. And if that's any indication of your faithfulness to God, yeah, you're showing that faithfulness. You have said God is providing for me in a way that allows me to help provide and make a way for this congregation That is some faithfulness to our God. And the Lord has not failed us. Not because we have been so perfectly faithful in a season of great wealth, but because we have been faithful in a season of unknown. Because we have said, God, I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but I am going to be faithful And I am going to give and do because I know, God, you will make a way. You will provide. Our God is the one who makes a way when we thought that there was no way. Our God will provide. Our God is Jehovah Jireh. And you can stand firmly in that knowledge. Will you pray with me? Holy, gracious, loving God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way you can take ancient words and bring them to life. We thank you, God, that you can take what seems like an impossible thing And make it something beautiful. God, whether we feel like it's our own heart that needs to be revived. Whether we feel like it's a relationship that needs to be nurtured. God, whatever it is that is just feeling lifeless. God, we pray that you would pour out your life that you would breathe that breath of life because we know, we trust, we believe that even if we can't see it, you'll make a way. That even when it seems like there is no way, you will make a way. And we will give you glory and honor and praise and declare a testimony to your goodness when we see it. Thank you, gracious God. Amen.